Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Standing up for what's right. This is The Roy Green Show. I just have this feeling, I just have this feeling that it's not going to be over. Because there's been so many twists and so many turns and so many issues that have followed this leadership chase for the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario, that even after they announce who the leader of the party is, it can't possibly be over. There has been talk that uh, perhaps the leader will not be approved of by a loser, and the loser may in fact challenge the leader, and wait a minute, we've been there before. However, this is extremely important, not only to the province of Ontario, but also to Canada. Whoever leads the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario will lead it against one of the most inefficient and ineffective and terrible premiers in the history of the world. So, my good friend Alex Pearson is the host of On Point on Chorus Radio Ontario. She is in Markham for the convention and for the announcement, and she's a member of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario for the purpose of finding out just how the process works. What a, what a great time for you to get into that, Alex. Doesn't work, Alex, we're having a lot of trouble hearing you properly because of the background noise. Yeah, I'm going to go downstairs. Hold on. I'm going to run across the floor while you're asking. Okay, I'll just, I'll, while Alex does that, I just want you to know that later on in the hour, we'll speak with Catherine Galliford, the former RCMP corporal and the first to go public with sexual harassment charges and who sued the force. And uh, Catherine's going to talk to us about the new commissioner, a female commissioner of the RCMP, Brenda Lucky. So we'll, we'll be joined by Catherine Galliford in a matter of minutes. And the Conference Board of Canada has estimated some 85,000 jobs will be lost in the first year if NAFTA collapses. And uh, for now, there's no U.S. steel and aluminum tariff for Canada. But NAFTA will come into play. And 85,000 jobs in the first year, says the Conference Board of Canada. 
another 6,000 jobs in the second year. That's if NAFTA collapses. Corinne Pullman will be with us, the Senior Vice President of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. And the Jasper Atwal announcements this week left significant questions for Justin Trudeau to answer. Scott Newark, former Alberta Crown Attorney and Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association, adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. Scott will be with us. That's all before the end of this first hour of the Roy Green Show on this Saturday, momentous Saturday for the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario. Let's try to reconnect with Alex Pearson, host of On Point on the Chorus Ontario Radio Network. How are we doing now, Alex? Can you hear me now? I'm behind a plant. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) There you go. It's loud here because not only are we dealing with the crowds, but we're dealing with uh, a lot of ambient sound of people cheering and and laughing. And then we've got the speeches. Jason Kenney just made a speech. Uh, Interim leader Vic Fidelli just finished up a speech. So, you know, we're just starting to get into the business of the convention. So remind us, please, how does this actually go forward? Each political convention that we've watched over the years has involved delegates who voted for the uh, the candidates, and then there's been the shifting of uh, one candidate to another yeah. and taking their particular delegates with them. That's not the case this time, is it? No, everyone got their chance other than me and a few, uh, you know, tens of a thousand of others didn't get that vote, but you had to choose who your top two candidates were in order of what you wanted to see. So if you wanted Christine Elliott, you put her first and then your second candidate. So we will learn uh, fairly succinctly um, where this is going and we'll have the announcement. And, you know, unlike a lot of other conventions that we've seen in the past where they can kind of drag on for hours and hours and hours, that will not happen. All the deal-making would have made um, taken place a couple of weeks back. Okay. You said there wasn't any negativity in the air. There's no sense of too many people were not uh, allowed to vote or didn't get to vote, and that could be problematic going forward. There's no, there's no real concern about that. I, I no, I mean you have to, you have to factor in where we are today. We are in a place where very true blue loyal party members are. So these are, are the business of the party, and they're here. I mean, there's, there's no question. You can sense that the last six weeks have been very, very difficult for the party. They really want to move on from this chapter. Um, but I think what the anger that, that we have spoken about would be with the everyday people who took part in this process, who some for the first time wanted to get involved, um, you know, and didn't get their say. But as I was saying, there are a lot of people here who have, you know, uh, lots of connections and, and didn't get to put a vote in. So it's not like there was favoritism given. I mean, I just talked to one of Jim Flaherty's um you know, upper chief of staff, and, and he said, yeah, I didn't get the vote because I didn't get my papers. And, and, you know, Peter Sherman, he didn't get, uh, his wife didn't get her papers. So it's not like it was um, stacked against the everyday people who bought a membership. There were lots of people. It's just very kind of random as to who got it and who didn't. But mm-hmm. what there isn't here, and I don't think what we will see here, is the negativity. They want to pull this thing together. I was just talking to Lisa Rake. Um, You know, they're all busy running around, uh, you know, for their, their chosen candidates. Um, but no, the overwhelming sense, Roy, is that they want to put this chapter behind, and whomever wins, they will rally behind them. So this is the impression, or this is what you hear from the true blue party members at the convention. Yeah. What did you hear from your listeners? Well, you know, I open up the phone lines, which I don't often do, but I mean, there's a sense of frustration, and I think from the outside looking in, you know, the one thing about leadership campaigns is we don't normally watch them. They normally happen you know, 18 months, 20 months out ahead of the fact. So they're very kind of inside baseball. And the media tends to ignore them. But because this convention has happened as a result of a massive scandal, um, you know, 
everybody's watching it. It also happens to be very, very close to an election. So people that would not normally watch this process are kind of seeing it up close and personal. And it's not a nice process. Leadership uh, you know, rivalries are never a pleasant thing because you're trying to fight for a job. And so in the last couple of weeks, we've seen the swiping of, of uh, Doug Ford versus Christine Elliott. Well, of course, they're the top two candidates. You've seen Carolyn Mulroney take swipes. That is very, very normal. And what would normally happen is that would all go away, the dust would settle, the party would unite, and then you'd go to an election and campaign. But this is, you know, whomever wins today has to craft a platform instantly and get out there and campaign. The other thing that's interesting about this is that whomever wins, um, you know, the Liberals are no longer going to have a distraction that they can hide behind. So the media will, unless there's, you know, another... Um, upheaval, the media will start to focus in other areas, and the attention will go back, certainly, to the liberal record, which is not very good. So as much as people, I think, have been piling on the PC party, that does not give a pass, and it should not erase what the liberal government has done to the province of Ontario over the last 15 years. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, do you, uh, if you were to ask 15 people at random who they think is going to win today, who will be announced as the leader, would you yeah. have a consensus guess? Yeah. Yep, Christine Elliott. Okay. And, but I say that, and there's a slight but Doug Ford. So there's definitely two names that, that are being buzzed about, um, Christine Elliott and Doug Ford. But I think no one would be surprised if it's Christine Elliott. It's kind of everyone feels very safe with her. Everyone feels confident in her. She doesn't run the most exciting campaigns, but she's tried and she's tested. And there's no question she can go up against. Kathleen win. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting if Doug Ford wins because then he, he he will be a story no matter what because he's a lightning rod for attention. Right. Um, I think the story to be told is what happens after they announce the winner, as you say. Will they rally behind uh, the leader or will they start to contest this thing? And it was interesting last night after the um, court dismissed the injunction, Doug Ford had sent out a tweet, but it was a very positive tweet. It was like, you know, we're sorry that this didn't go our way, but, you know, it's time to move forward and move onward and and get this party back together, which is a different tone than I think people are used to, to seeing, which shows that he has got a different discipline going this time. And uh, and they, they I think they do sense that you can't let this uh, uh, inferno continue to burn or the province is going to be lost. Alex, one more question for you. Yeah. What time in the afternoon do we expect this announcement? Well, I'm not trying to be funny here, but there's a Chinese wedding. There's two Chinese weddings booked here at 5 o'clock, okay. and we have to be out of here. <laughs> there's no question <laughs> that they have to be out of here. So I suspect <laughs> we will know between 4 and 4.30, but they are doing only a little bit of media with um, the, the, the candidates after, but they will be tearing this room out as fast as possible to get these weddings set up. That's the first time I've ever I thought it was a hoot. I'm like, oh, all of a sudden we're going to see wedding guests coming in. It could be a better party. Oh, so stick, stick, around, stick around for the dinner. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. We'll talk to you a little later. Cheers for sure. Bye-bye. Alex Pearson, uh, the host of On Point on our Chorus Ontario radio network. She is so incredibly talented. Such a great broadcaster and uh, news person. When we come back, there's a new RCMP com- commissioner, Brenda Lucky. And I'm not surprised that there is a woman in charge of the RCMP at this particular time. In fact, I think it was almost essential that that take place. There have been so many terrible stories and negative stories 
that have come from the ranks of women within the RCMP, and many of them are still struggling with uh, releasing their information, even to the people who will treat it confidentially. So how does this change specifically? How does one of the women, women the actually the first woman, to become a national voice and face of the sexual harassment, sexual assault issue in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, former Corporal Catherine Galliford, uh, who settled out of court uh, with a, uh, of a suit against the RCMP. Corporal Galliford is going to be joining us in a couple of minutes and uh, her thoughts on the new commissioner. Stay with us. It's The Green Show and it's the Chorus Radio Network. <laughs> 